Greetings, friends! Welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast. Uh, this is a special episode, a very special episode. So we're going to eschew all of the normal intros. Just go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Make sure to support the show over there. Get more episodes. You guys will thank us later. Uh, but we are here today. Well, I'm here. Alex is not here. He's in Los Angeles doing dad shit. So I am joined by my, my returning friends, Kevin Weinman and Heath Benfield. Welcome back, guys. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey. <laughs> All right, we have in store for you. You guys thought we were done stuffing you, but we're not. One more stuffing to end the year. <laughs> yeah, so the pod gets stuffed months is extended by one episode. Today we are talking about the classic Basic Instincts. Would you guys like to introduce the movie today? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, this is like the erotic thriller that more or less... The, 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 the 1A and the 1B of erotic thrillers are this and Fatal Attraction. Those are the erotic yeah, thrillers. I, I think. think so. Both uh, with Michael <laughs> Douglas. Yeah. And uh, it, it is just, it's the ultimate like neo-noir though, in my opinion. So it, it has the erotic thriller element. It has all the, the noir elements that, right. you know, we're, we've gotten There's so many movies you can see inside of this one. Um, Double Indemnity, um, Body Heat. Right. Um, and, and a lot of Hitchcock too. I mean, right. Vertigo's fingerprints are all over this movie. Right. So <laughs> it deals with a lot of, um, addresses a lot of influences. I think Joe Esterhouse wrote this in like 10 days or something like that. Yes, he did. Yeah. So it also has the, um, it, it, it would have in any other hands besides Paul Verhoeven's probably would have been a Skinamax. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. it has that feel. A lot it's of like, nudity. We even get a little shaft. There's yeah. a lot going on in this movie. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the fact that, uh, uh, what's her name, Shannon Tweed was not in this movie is just crazy. No, this is a Shannon Tweed movie. This is this is the best version of the <laughs> Shannon Tweed yeah. Red uh, Shoe Diaries. Her fingerprints are all over this. Uh, it, but, Everyone's uh, fingerprints uh, are all over everyone in yeah, this yeah, movie. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we feel... Except uh, for poor George Zunda. When this movie came out, early 90s? 92. And so, like, we're coming out of the coked-out 80s, and so, like... It is just a uh, an absolute crazy uh, trip in terms of um, how the movies decided to go during this time because this really started catapulting not only other movies in the genre but just what what places like Cinemax and HBO were going to do to go and draw in that late night audience and it's crazy oh. because this 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 absolutely brought it into the popular fold which I felt like all of the baby boomers in this moment were like we want to see all of this stuff all the time yeah. <laughs> holding back on this for a long time this movie made hbo <laughs> i mean it, it was on hbo all the, the pairing time. of this and then real sex yeah. is just a fucking unbeatable uh, dude i feel like the majority of the podcast we talked about where porn was during this time and what <laughs> happened after this happened because of the fact that like the accessibility was like you needed to be able to go and buy it Right, like yeah. you had to go and have a subscription to Playboy, but you, you didn't want to have to be. I'll never forget this. When I was a kid, we were at the video store, right, one of the yeah. small local stores, and they all used to have the saloon doors to the porn section. Yeah, yeah. And so me and my brother would always sneak off to try to look at scary movie covers, and that aisle was always right by the saloon doors. And I'll it, never forget me and my brother like we want to see what they keep back there. We fucking crawled under the saloon door and we're just looking at all these fucking P's and V's, right? Just fucking porn <laughs> everywhere. There was this poor man who was just trying to get his jerk off material. My mom fucking kicked those saloon doors down, grabbed us up, and fucking screamed at him like he was a pedophile. Just some poor guy trying to get his normal porn. 
But that's where we were. That's and then, where and then you went home and you watched scrambled porn. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Back then, that was when I was young and innocent enough. We didn't even know what porno was. That was back when I thought your dick went in the belly button era. Griffin, <laughs> to use an analogy, though, this is almost like they took the swinging barn doors off that back section. Took it off, dude. And all of a sudden, you were able right. to walk up and grab, fatal, uh, or I'm sorry, a basic instinct or fatal attraction. But yeah. basic instinct. This one off. is way more fucking steamy than yeah, fatal attraction. No, yeah, no rabbit is. intended. No, 100%. But. Yeah, so... Um, what I think is so funny about this one, though, is it's such a sexual fantasy that none of the people who watch this movie ever experienced. Oh, this is you know? absolutely like it's a male gaze movie. It's absolutely. a it's a movie made by dudes for dudes and in every aspect, right. especially with Michael Douglas being <laughs> the protagonist. I mean, Catherine Trammell is not a real woman by any standard. No. She is the ultimate femme fatale. Right. So it's just the natural conclusion. I mean, I I don't think it can be topped. I I was watching it just the other night and thinking, how could you make a a, a movie in line with Out of the Past and, um, again, Double Indemnity and and all these femme fatale movies and even Hitchcock movies, Marnie, Vertigo, and not end up here at Basic Instinct? And then where do you go from there? I mean, anything beyond Basic Instinct has it been topped? You you have maybe Titan where she's banging that car. That no. was pretty intense. But okay. Okay. <laughs> That's well, where we are now. Like, we, now we got to bang like full horsepower vehicles sure. <laughs> to try to equate to Michael Douglas. It speaks, uh, <laughs> speaks volumes to where we were at that point That's where right. it was like, we, we weren't banging cars. We were just bringing out, uh, you know, lesbians and uh the yeah. fact that people just wanted to have sex where they were tied up i forgot yeah, they, they just was... casually added in lesbians there, there, <laughs> just there... to really fill out that fantasy well, well it, <laughs> I, I think one of the things that like it, it was problematic but also good was that like first off they brought that into the uh, they brought that whole part of it into the fold which you know you're progressive there but it was also like they're crazy and they're gonna kill you, which not right. really great. Like, so I don't feel like that. Right? They were they were presented as almost sexual deviants yeah, because they scissored I, like, each other. Well, yeah. Well, well in, it was actually uh, the, there was protests uh, from the LGBTQ community really? for this movie because of the fact that all the characters that were uh, uh, gay in the movie were extremely problematic. Where, where it was like. We uh, yeah we act this way because of you know right yeah it was a big controversy it was but to me it sort of feels like you're reading into the movie too much you're missing the point because it is again it's like you see it in the film she is a, a paperback pulp writer right and this really has that that feeling of those kinds of novels that were coming out just to titillate. Right. And, and to your point, this is not a true story. This is a dude fantasy. Well, yeah, exactly. No <laughs> the, no characters are representative of anyone in real life at all. They no. are all... Um, only the urban cowboy. He's the only one dude, to say dude, cowboy. Dude, ironically, yeah. ironically, even the so supposed protagonist between, like, with Michael Douglas is a complete asshole. I have no empathy for him in this entire movie. I don't care about what happens to him by the end of it. Because... Yeah. He is he's built up nothing but a terrible character that cares about nothing. <laughs> like like I I've I've there and hopefully we go through, you know, beginning to end what this movie does, but like every moment that he has an opportunity to go and talk to somebody and and figure out something, he he really puts himself yeah. In a hole uh, as being a terrible person. But he's literally. a coke addict. Coke yeah. He's an alcoholic. alcoholic. <laughs> he's Which, a sex addict. It's amazing that he goes and presents himself as somebody that's trying to work on himself. 
within the first five minutes and then it takes less than 10 minutes of knowing this girl and yeah. he immediately is making double jack <laughs> yeah. smoking cigarettes back on the, <laughs> are you back on the sauce nick <laughs> is that not the most relatable thing in the movie though yeah they're like that's it i'm turning it around you have like one bad tuesday you're like that's it i'm out bro it, yeah, yeah it took one it took one turn it was let's amazing. let's start here is the writing a book as a defense against murder, the dumbest plot device of all time. I think this is the fucking weirdest, <laughs> dumbest legal defense of all time. I love it in the movie, but come on. Well, they use it. They almost use it twice because number one, right. she says, uh, you know, why in the world would I do that? And then he has to go back and be like, why would I go and kill the cop? If it, like right, like it was, they do it, this thing where he is running through the exact same th- scenes, acting like Catherine. If anything, she wants to go and set him up for those scenes because her book reads really well when it goes right. and has those scenes. So they're both dealing with. But but ag- again, the actual detective police work in this film <laughs> is non-existent. There's no not even a mention of DNA. Of fibers, you know. There, there was like, only a mention of. Look at how much cum uh, is on that yeah. bloody sheet. <laughs> so, 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 who's the writer? Impressive. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Who's the writer again? What's his name? Joe Esterhaus. You know Esterhaus. what's hilarious yeah. though? When they see all that cum on the sheets, they're all pretty much like nice. Exactly. Like, nice. Impre- if I had to go, that's that how was I that was so much cum. That was so much ejaculate. It was such There's... a spray pattern. I only watched Dexter <laughs> no, for no, a no. little bit, but that cum spray pattern. There, all right, all right. So we have established in that moment. That he has a maid, so that means <laughs> that that should have been clean. There's def- there should be well, new linens. the maid doesn't come in probably the, no, 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 the moment no, he's in his refractory. No, no, period. no. What I mean is, all of that happened right that now. night. Yeah, that night, right then. So all I've got to say is that, like in that moment, and he's an old ass dude. I'm just trying to say he didn't save up that much. Well, he's speaking, got that old man bust, dude. <laughs> speaking of Johnny Boz, see, I always do you know anything about the writer Joe Estrahaus? Uh, he is Johnny Boz. Is he really? Is he really? In real life? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. All he right. said that he came up with this idea because he uh, picked up some some woman and took her back to his hotel, banged her out as hard as he could, <laughs> cool and then guy. she pulled a gun on him. Classic. Yeah. Classic. Is he the guy? Did he also not write Showgirls? I think he did write Showgirls. Okay, that was a famous one where right. he was essentially in a bar and he wrote down the entire pitch for showgirls on a cocktail napkin and they did the deal like right then based right. on the cocktail napkin yeah yeah <laughs> i think he also did jade yeah which is a good point of contrast if when we get into verhoven because you know had verhoven maybe directed jade we'd, we'd be talking about that right. as if it were worth something but it's a terrible film <laughs> great cast by on jade <laughs> great cast caruso linda fiorentino also an awesome femme fatale the last seduction but it doesn't have any any of the style, any of the, just right. the uh, basic instinct is like pure cinematic heroin. This is me. almost like when they do those baking shows where they make like castles out of like hard candy, right? Yeah. That's kind of yeah. what this movie is because it never feels yes. true or real or lived in. Right. It is like you are what they are asking you to never suspend your disbelief and just fucking enjoy the ride, which I think is pretty cool because I think movies get knocked all the time for. Oh, that's not believable, this and that. And this movie just throws that out. They're like, yeah, this isn't believable. Right. You're never going to meet a lady and fuck her like this and get fucking blood and cum all over your sheets and she writes books and you kill like all these people as a cop and just keep not being in jail for some reason. The body count by the end of this movie is baffling. Oh, this movie is uh, like a literal wet dream. That's what it is. Fair it's, point. Yeah. <laughs> that could have been a great alternate title for this. 
the director's cut. Speaking of which, through. what I've never understood the the meaning of the title, Basic Instinct. What does it mean? It's it's never referenced. I think it's just getting to our two base instincts, right? Which is to fuck and destroy. Okay. Right? Creation and destruction side by side. Okay, I'll buy it. I do think everything in our society boils down to one of those two things, right? Either something, we hate someone so much we design things to destroy them, or we try to get a bunch of money and cool stuff so better people will have sex with us. I think that's what literally everything in society boils down to at this point. I don't but. feel like there was any basic instincts on how to go and do detective work. The, uh, <laughs> Essentially, his there. detective style is I'm going to go stalk at her house and see if she'll blow me. Dude, uh, <laughs> that is the entire fucking detective strategy. No joke. Well, she's fit. a way better detective than he is. A thousand percent. Well, right. Because she actually does research. Yeah. She has like paperwork and shit. Out of it. Well, I, my theory is that she had that book written before she even met him, before she even killed Boz. But I mean, oh. we can get into that later about right. the ending and, you know. Yeah between beth and tramel who who the the real uh murderer was but we'll get to that well i i think i really really though uh, like this movie started out so strong but one of my favorite scenes was literally within the first 10 or 15 where they're driving from her place and they're taking her to uh, love that scene isn't that amazing like like i think uh it, like what i forgot about it was just how how manipulative she was from the jump where she was offering him a cigarette she knows everything about him yeah. i know I know. I, she knows that a smoker's never all the way quit, right? Yeah. She's just on his ass. But that's I think that's oh. the thing, though, right, is those are these little micro moves. Yeah. You get him to have a drink. You get him to have a cigarette. You're already training him like Pavlov's dog right. yeah. to just kind of follow you along this ride. Because oh. I think halfway through the movie, you could argue that he makes almost impossible to accept dumb decisions in the course of this journey. But he's so fucking bought in. Oh, he's, he's a, a fly caught in the web right yeah. off the yeah. bat. Oh, for and sure. doesn't realize she's the spider woman spinning it around him, you know? Right. And he thinks he's going to outsmart it. I can play that game, too. Right. Uh, well, I uh, love that what, scene what, even at the beach where she's like, beach. get out of this. Like, this is not yeah. for you. And he's like, no, I, I am. I rocked your love- world last night. She's like laughing at him like, come on, dude. You are a guy who's like weekending here. You're at the conference who has an affair and you think you broke this yeah, woman's what's pelvis. Come he's on. like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll still nail you. I do love you, uh, but I'll still nail you. That line is great. I'm already in love with you, but I'll still nail you. Yeah. That is a great, so then, many great lines. And then such a cock, he goes, you can put that in your book. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I don't know, because this was the scene when we were little, you had to find this movie because of the scene, right? Yeah, the interrogation right. scene. Yeah. And I think what weighed in on me today is I never really appreciated the filmmaking of that scene. It's so good. Because we all, as my the uncle best, calls it. The best interrogation scene Oh, Ever. it's amazing. Ever. Yeah, what? my uncle, I told him about this on Thanksgiving. He refers to it as the beaver scene. Well, right, and he's just sure. like, yeah, it wasn't even that much. And I was like, well, yeah, that's not the whole movie. But that was what we all heard was like, you can see right. vagina. And it was parodied so much. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, 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 hot shots. Is that it's either Hot Shots or Loaded Weapon. Loaded Weapon. Yeah. It was Loaded Weapon. Right. Yeah, no, that was so good. But, but this was like a which, famous scene. And that's all we ever knew. <laughs> open door. <laughs> yeah. But getting back to the, the interrogate, I just, the setup of that I thought was so good. And the dialogue is so fucking sharp. And when Verhoeven chooses to switch the point of view i thought yeah. was so masterful too. and he's swing swinging that camera all over the room too 
and and again that that is the male gaze aspect of it because they're right. all you have Newman oh, sweaty when they get smoking. in on fucking Nedry right just yeah. waiting night just yeah. <laughs> right he says something he's like do you ever do any S and M she's like what do you have in mind he's just oh god right he's just like silent for the rest of the interview because that's what happens and but she the, owns that room but she all, does all then she Wait. starts specifically going Nick what about yeah. this and they're like what the fuck Nick how do you know have this? you ever had sex on cocaine yeah yeah like that mo- <laughs> like that fucking line. Like, yeah. when she drills that in that moment, you go, oh, my God. Like, just, like even before owned, that, when she she's just, this. what are you going to do, arrest me for smoking? And yeah. you're like, oh, she's got him. Yeah. Because that's and, the other and, thing, too. And that's the, the line, setup, that's the line that he repeats when he's that in he the... repeats, right? But that's the setup is they're like, we can't fucking go after the lady who killed the guy exactly like in her book. That's an ironclad case. So we're led to believe. But Nick even says, I don't think she'll hide behind anyone. I think she'll show up and say whatever the fuck. And she does. Right. And that sets her up as this ultimate bad guy in the movie. Possibly. Possibly. Right? But from the moment they say that and she shows up, we're like, oh, shit. And she, we saw he sneaks in and sees her getting dressed, right? We see the no underwear. That is not let me put on something more appropriate for an interrogation. I, I, That's a, I know who's going to be in that room. Correct. And yeah. I know how I'm going to take control of that fucking room. I just really appreciate the fact, too, that like they, they cast that... They, Every guy that's in that scene is awesome because Wayne Knight playing the guy that has to go and ask those questions, he's so just gross. But like he's so sweaty, <laughs> but he's so uncomfortable. But he's he acts like he needs to own those questions, but when he asks them, when she answers it, he's completely deflated. He's ta- she's taken all of his power away. And he's, oh yeah, he's she's oh, emasculated yeah. all those guys. They're yeah. just puddles. Yeah, all of them puddles. Like and they try and come in to that room as being these alpha males. Well, even the guy that um, was the pitcher in major league, he's sticking up for her right off the bat. He's like the guy who doesn't want to get in legal trouble. Yeah. 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 And then George Zundas over there. Like that's pretty cold lady. So you have like all these different types of men, these like aging men who are intimidated by the woman having this kind of sexualized power. It's a pretty amazing scene. Chelsea, Chelsea Ross was the guy. Yeah. Chelsea Ross. But Chelsea Ross is in, he's so that guy. Like he he's is been in guy. everything, but like when he was in that room, he uh, definitely uh, he he has his moments when he's going and talking to Michael Douglas, but like he never had a moment where he was able to go and own anything when Sharon Stone was in the was in that film when she was in that scene. Like it was awesome. Just two more observations about the genius of that scene. The camera work is unbelievable. The lighting is amazing. Yeah. Um, the cat, like you brought up, Kevin, the casting of um, Wayne Knight, to the point where Spielberg ripped it off wholesale for Jurassic Park. He casts Wayne Knight. The lighting, <laughs> the light, the grid lighting is the exact same in Jurassic Park and in, in the uh, yeah, in the um, bunker or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, with Sam Jackson, it's it, and Basic Instinct did it first. I mean, it is yeah. just. Nedry didn't wear underwear. It was all the same, dude. Yeah, and, and of course it's a riff off. Yeah, right. well, 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 well. Wayne Knight just ah 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 ah. His fucking dicks flopping around. There's a scene where there, I mean, in that scene he does such a great job of taking the the camera from Wayne Knight, sweeping it to Michael Douglas, and same sort of scenario in Jurassic Park where he goes from like Wayne Knight to Samuel Jackson oh, yeah. and like yeah, like You're I. Right. I yeah. Could not agree more. Where I, he, I would love to put those two scenes up next to each other and, and yeah. just see how much Spielberg it, it, with the cigarette. 
Like, uh, yeah. Like, the cigarette was definitely a fucking character in this movie, by the way. Like, For sure. Because, well, it's a phallic never, symbol. Okay, I don't want to out myself. The listeners know I've been on a journey to quit smoking. Yeah. I watched this in Videodrome today oh, and man. immediately really got rough. my smokes back out. Because I was like, God damn, everyone's just Bro, enjoying life. I, if you watch this yeah. and you're an avid smoker, it's really different. Oh, yeah. Listen, we'll give you the pass. Because, like, right now. I'm about to be in Florida I've, for the weekend. I assume I'm going to have, like, six packs. I've, I've, gonna, I've, like, I smoked, like, three cigarettes in my entire life. Nice. And, like, but to your point, when I watched Did you feel stuff, like the American man when you did it? I really... Well, yeah. But I'm not here to tell the kids to start smoking. No, Don't I, smoke. <laughs> I, I will, kids. If you want, if you want to be super cool but die early, go and smoke cigarettes. But there was uh, <laughs> in that in, in that first scene, uh, or one of those starting scenes when she had that um, uh, cigarette holder. I was like, mm. there's something romantic so and classy about those mm. old cigarette holders where you open those yeah. up and you just have the smokes out of there. I was like. God, that's that. That's what we're missing. Is like that. That we're taking that a class out of cigarette smoking. Thank you. It's almost like we are. We are the last fucking group yeah. of Americans you can totally insult Pe- and look down people on. People fly. Okay people fly on flights today, and they got their fucking sweatpants on. It's like I want to go and be the decked out, dressed up guy yeah. to go on my flight, but. In respect to smoking, it was like they 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 made some class to that back in the day, and now they don't do it anymore. I just it, they kept having the cigarettes in each one of these scenes, and I don't know if uh, it, it, Esther House is that his name again. So uh, he actually had a regret that he wrote smoking way too much into this movie because he ended up dying of. Oh really? I think it was lung cancer, but it was ca- no. It was is ca- he dead? Esther? Is Esther House dead? Or he may have contracted cancer that yeah. was brought on upon smoke. Right. So it, he, if if he's not dead, he got he got cancer because of cigarettes. Yeah, not and the same like, way Michael Douglas did. No, no, no. <laughs> Michael Douglas, that pour over sex tongue just God gave damn. out. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say, I want to die like Joe Boz, or from getting mouth disease from eating so much box <laughs> that my body's just like this is the only way I can stop this madman from diving in <laughs> is to melt his tongue. <laughs> I, I'm just saying there is something that always works for me. It's so romantic cinematically for me. Like when you watch like old black and white movies and the way the smoke moves, it's just, yeah, there's something just so beautiful about it. Again, don't smoke kids, watch it on the movies, but it literally creates an environment. It does create an environment. And there's, there's something about it too, though, that just leads to, there's something about everyone in this movie. It's just all drinking and smoking yeah. and sex. It's just all the things we're not supposed to do right. in excess, right. just yeah. done excessively in the movie. Yes. That sets a mood for Which this. every Humphrey Bogart movie had. It's Again, great. yeah, it's riffing off of all, all of yeah. those classic Humphrey Bogart movies had a beaver scene, too. <laughs> well, there, there was Key Largo. Where what it, yeah. like in a... When he said, here's looking at you, kid, that's what he was yeah. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but just the, the one... The one other thing that I wanted to mention in that scene is the coda to it, which is they're back in the room and she's still in the, I guess, in the the interrogation room by herself. She's looking dead at the camera, leering over a huge monitor and just you she is just lording over Mm -hmm. those guys in that entire scene while they're trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And she has it all figured out already. They're never going to, to break her. And then she passes the lie detector test. Oh, Yes. Which comes in again towards the end. As we're watching it in that moment, this is the movie that puts Michael Douglas, both of his movies of this era, right? Fatal Attraction and Basic Instinct were men being destroyed by women movies, right? <laughs> rightfully or not. I think in I think in both rightfully, right? Like the men rightfully. had it coming. Yeah. 
Definitely in Fatal Attraction. That's a movie, as my wife says, every married man should watch that once a year. Sure. Be like, oh, you're at that conference? You think you're going to fucking bang that six? <laughs> Look what's going to happen, right? Uh, I would say this one is more, I think almost every man would fucking dive into this fire pit. This but, is literally especially the, Nick. They, they, they craft his character specifically I, for Nick is designed for, he's designed but for I it. think every man, this is like the fantasy that you, you cherish, right? Is that someday you're going to be somewhere and this woman crafted by the gods is going to walk up and be like, just for tonight. And you're gonna be like, yeah, absolutely. I'm ready. <laughs> right. And so it is this, this thing that every guy thinks they have that in them. Right. You always think there is this Catherine out there somewhere. But in this movie, they weaponize that against us because you'll get what you want, but she's going to fucking ice pick you to death. Right. And so when we see the first lie detector test, that's a sign to us that, oh, my God, she's the ultimate evil. Yeah. Right. And we don't think about it again until the very end of the movie, obviously. Yeah. But Hy hyper competent. Yeah. Woman. Do, yeah. But do we think that like part of the reason why they made none of the characters um, actually uh, that you would want to root for, like that, <laughs> that, that, that it was almost. Uh, specific towards the fact that they were trying to make her the protagonist in this movie because they wanted they they they, they made Michael Douglas's character so terrible like literally from the jump mm, I, in my opinion I don't know where it was like they they want you to kind of root for the fact that she's got this control over guys like I just didn't I didn't get the it fact is that, an like, interesting to, like, like for all the guys that dragged their wives to this movie. That there's this little thing in there like, they can be beaten. Right? Like, you can do I, this I, to I, them so easily. I, like, <laughs> am I trying to think that he was so woke at this moment that he was trying to go and uh, put her in a position where she had power over all I think stuff. Michael Douglas read the script with, like, the 15 sex scenes, and he's like, <laughs> I'll take the job. I'm in. <laughs> right? I'm just – we talked about this earlier. Of all the filmographies, right, there are actors – like, I would – my favorite filmography of, like, if I was an actor in the movie would be Kurt Russell. It wouldn't be bad to be Michael Douglas and just bang in every movie. You know what I mean? He just got hired to be the oversexed rich city yeah. guy. And he was also the American president who bangs. Who bangs. <laughs> the president who gets it in, right? Right. <laughs> he passed both the political spectrums. He crossed the aisle and just banged around the country. But Well, going back to the lie detector, though, I so I think this is a near-perfect movie. It, it has some flaws, and one of them that sticks out to me is... I get why they did it. They wanted to, in the beginning, tie the two characters together. That that, that they're kind of dancing around each other. Mm -hmm. They're they're two sides of the same coin. Right. Uh, that that he's meeting his match, and you get that from the way he treats the Beth character, and we mm -hmm. can get into that later. But the fact that this cokehead who was so trigger happy, he shot tourists. He shot like five people. They four people yeah, over five years. Right. Yeah. yeah, this guy is a, a rock of self control. That's going to be a lie detector test, right? Well, I mean, that's, that's what, what's that was the thing, right? He passed it too. So they, we must both be innocent, Nick. That's what she said. That ride home is amazing. It's great, right? but there's no way that this character passes the lie detector test or, or beats it, cheats well, it. I think the movie's trying to tell us that if you lie to yourself enough, you can pass it, right? Because we know that Nick did it. And is a shitty guy. So okay. we're trying to pass on the fact that she must be ultra evil because she can also do this. Yeah. Mm. Right. And so, but I, I do think if I had a flaw with the movie, I'd say it is way too fucking long. It's too long. It's too, like, there's, there's a stretch every that, yes. like hour and a half where you're just like, every, I get it. I everything get it. I after it. Roxy dies. Yeah. Um, up, because they have to go through all of the 
paces of setting up Beth as the potential villain, right. the real yeah. villain. You get the internal affairs guy. I was like, we're doing the same beat like three or four over times. Over and over. And right. yeah. And, and then it just sort of peters out a little bit until you, yeah. you know, get back into that big climactic scene. But yeah, it, it does kind of trail off. And well, what's the name of the um, uh, serial killer woman that she was trying Hazel? to Hazel. Hazel. Um, the, it, it cut out the entire the Hazel fuck? story. Yeah, why There's, was that not a part of the story? It, it was a red herring that never turned into a red herring. Because she kept showing up and sense. calling him Shooter. Yeah, yeah. correct. You like, know what I mean? So it felt like that was going to pay off, right? Because he like got the fucking envelope after that amazing fucking car scene. Like a really underrated car scene just pops up in the middle of this movie. Wait, wait, wait. wait. It, it, sure. But can we also say he's the worst fucking tail of all time? Like, <laughs> no way you don't see him coming from a mile yeah. away. It no, does seem pretty obvious. They're, they're driving on Big Sur. There's two lanes. And all he has, and like none of the cars honk at him, by the way. Like, which blows my mind. Like, if somebody was weaving it out and cutting me off, I'd, I'd own that guy. But, like, the, 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 uh, uh, uh God bless Michael Douglas. Worst tale of all time. I worst thought, tale I, of all time. I, it's so stupid. Like, you're seeing him come from a mile away. There's no other cars on the road. You know he's there. But anyways, wait, going back to her, I thought that, that you could cut out probably five to ten minutes literally with anything that had to do with Hazel. Hazel has nothing to do with the rest of the story. I, I didn't think she was totally out of place, though. I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it still kind of popped up like one of those, you know, paperback novels where there are too many characters and you're just throwing it in to, right. to fill out pages. I think that's what Esther House was doing. Just filling out pages. <laughs> but what pages. if they had put that, because they did the exact same beat long. with Roxy, right? Where we find out later that Roxy had killed her family. So I was like, why not put some more eggs in Roxy's basket? Yeah, you know what I mean? And develop her a little more yeah. other than she is the sexual partner. Right. Right? Like that, that just right. felt like a double beat. That we could have got on with. I would. I actually thought Roxy had a really cool spot in the movie, right? That she, she likes me to watch. You know, she's kind of protective of her. So I thought if they had used that a little more, we could have got some run Well, out and she was, in the beginning, used as the potential double. Because right. she's con- confused for Tramel. Because you exactly, see right? a, uh, yeah, a blonde. Which is the great... The first scene looks exactly like a blonde wig. Yes. Right? Right. So I think that might play into the ending too, but I do think there is this, of course, because it is a movie that plays so specifically on the we know the whole time that Catherine did it, right? That's what we are being told every fucking second of the movie. Yeah, right. I think if they had gone into the Roxy thing more, it would have led to that suspension of disbelief. Because again, I think we we laughed about it before. Is George Thunder right? You got that magna cum laude pussy. It's melting your brain. Because as we see him being like she's innocent, it's just like no, you fucking fool, no. But you don't know. By I'm the real- end of the movie, I think there is a debate. I'm really disappointed that you just broke that line because that was <laughs> basically my ender. I'm an old pro at podcasting. I always get to the best lines. God, that, that line is so good. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I did have to go and write in though, like especially with the first scene that this is so, this is such a great Verhoeven movie, only because like within the first five minutes, it wasn't one of those breakaway shots where you wonder what happened. It was like every Paul Verhoeven movie has a fake head, fake body part, <laughs> fake something. Where the it's ice like, pick right I'm to the go- eye. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you that mm. this dude's about to die, and then just absolute murder. So I, I love the fact that they didn't pull away. That that almost introduced you into the fact that like we're not gonna pull away from anything. No, let uh, none of the deaths, none of the sex scenes, nothing like this. One thing uh, that I had read about or heard about was that nobody doubles. Every sex scene, 
it, it, mm. that is a hundred percent the people in those sex scenes where it's like I felt like he wanted to make sure that everything felt very authentic in every single moment, and yeah. I, I, I love that about it. But Jesus, it also led to the fact that it's like you knew that this was uh, yeah very realistic. It, it is a blood and cum movie. Yeah, it and is. the moment you start pulling back, you're betraying what this movie's about. Correct. Right, which is yeah. we all know from the start that they're in the middle of this fucking maelstrom of terrible things. Yes, and you're just watching these people again. Back to like your baser needs. You cannot fucking stop, right? He knows he should not be getting in the middle of this. He's fucking put on leave, and the first thing he does is chase her down to that club so they can fuck. And Gus is us telling right? him. Gus is like, God, oh, no! Like, Gus is there every fucking waking hour being like, oh, you fucked her, didn't you? Like, what are you doing, Haas? What are but, you doing? <laughs> I love when Michael Douglas is wearing a cowboy hat. Dude was just wearing a shitty V-neck in a club. Guy was also just a cop. He's a man of very many hats, but then he's in that he's in that room with with Zunda or Dezunda or whatever his name is, yeah. George. And and he said, George, you fucked her. Like he got so upset. Dude, when he's then, screaming like, in that restaurant, yeah, that great. was a fucking great. Oh, he's like, I don't give a flying too. jelly bean fart. <laughs> jelly bean fart. Yeah, and he starts screaming at them in the restaurant and the family's looking at it. But the one is he's so fucking mad that his partner's always banging. Yep. Is he's like so what? You shot a tourist. We have too many fucking tourists. And he's like, well, he, he's, he's also like, tourists. I could get laid too if I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those girls walk by. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I I love George Zunda's character in this. He is such a fucking awesome sidekick in this movie. But you also knew from like, I knew halfway through that movie, I was like, they're gonna find some way to kill this guy. Like he just, he was just that guy that you just knew was not yeah. again. He was kind of the only guy not skirting the rules. Yeah. So of course he had to get gobbled up. Correct. <laughs> but, but going back to Nick and why he's so game for this, he loves it. You know, he, he's an addict. He, he, he mm-hmm. needs that thrill. His wife fucking killed himself because of his myriad bad decisions. Right. He's a, he's a thrill junkie and this mm-hmm. is the ultimate thrill. And I think she knew that about him, which is why she targeted him in the first place. And then there's that scene where yeah, he's on leave. He's first of all, this guy shouldn't have even been able to get close to the precinct. He's always there. <laughs> he's he's still always, coming in and checking still, shit out. And they're always like, "Oh, I could really get in trouble for helping you out here, Nick." <laughs> you know, it's like Dude. he's just hanging out. It, and, it, it's like because he worked in Vice, he has this like VIP. I card guess where yeah. it's like yeah. he's still he, going to he, Berkeley he, and shaking people yeah. down. He has, <laughs> he has internal affairs all over his yeah. ass. Yeah, and um, Dude, no, after the infer- internal affairs guy who he jumped. Got fucking shot yes. in the head. Yes. He's still Whatever. showing up to the crime scene. Exactly. He's still fucking running around doing shit. We're letting this guy in. But, <laughs> yeah. but even IA, right? When he's about to fucking punch the guy who, Nielsen, right? Who he yeah. thinks ratted out his file. The fucking Skinner from X-Files runs up and puts a gun on his head. That's and I was right. like, Jesus Christ. How are we like, running are we things doing? in this police precinct where you're just pulling guns on people? Yeah. Like on a regular basis where it's like, again, that, corruption is, that, is rampant. Is in that your dissolving situation? <laughs> well, this Everyone's is so, coked out of the Yeah, room. no, it's, yeah, it's such a macho movie. Yeah, totally. But there's that scene, I think it's right before the Big Sur tale, where the police chief throws him a bone. He's like, you know. Check it out, Nick. Why don't you follow her? Because he feels like he's getting getting left out. And the smile on Douglas's face, it's such a great little performance choice because that's all he wanted. He wanted yeah. permission to go after her because he wants to fuck her. Right. Like, that's his whole thing. He, he, he wants to get close to the danger. Yes. He has to have yeah. it. Uh, there was a... Uh, so, uh, who was... the 
the agent, Daniel Van Bergen, was the guy that we hated that was, like, questioning him the entire time. Yeah. Uh, came into the bar, whatever. Uh, like Kept calling him Shooter. Yeah. Thank you. All yeah. right. So good. Fucking in everyone in this movie has an A-plus performance. I know, man. Like, I, I loved how much he was just on. And, and by the way, the level that Michael Douglas can kick it up to a 1,000 when he was like, I'll kick your fucking teeth oh, in. Oh, I love that. Like, this such a great line. Quit riding me, man. <laughs> yeah. It's just, like, in his but face. But he's, he's so just geared up because yeah. from the moment she opened that door and, and smiled at him when they came uh, to interrogate her, he it, it had been in his head the entire time. Yeah. So he gets to the bar. He he orders the double jack. Yeah, he's like, know, I better get loose in he's, my he's, inhibitions. He, yeah, <laughs> he, yeah, he he has to he has to have that outlet something because it's all pent up, right? Yep. And all that time that he, he spent sober trying to correct it, and he knows he he's he's done. He, mm-hmm. he it's it's not going to last much longer for him. So he he, he has the freak out on IA. Everything's just coming unglued. He he uh, breaks. He falls off the wagon, and then he takes his ex girlfriend home and basically rapes her. So, are, pretty much like a hundred. If we're the the only excuse you can make in the movie is if they've run this game before. But then she specifically uh, says you've never been story. like that. Exactly, Un- untold story. Right, exactly. In uh, real bad. Uh, th- that's the worst part of this entire movie. Yeah, was like him and Janine Triplehorn and her. Not having a good time, like I, and uh, not to give the listeners too much of a background, that was really a problem even back then, which says a lot because people were much more loose about stuff back then. But well, like, it's also just a horrible moment in the film because yeah. she keeps coming back and even protects him after that scene. Yes, when she comes in and he's like, "Where were you the night fucking this guy got killed?" I was at his apartment and he was apologetic. So she even fucking saves him. Dude, I mean, it, well, again like, after that. So, if you look at it though, that she is the master villain of the movie, yeah, my, my, it still doesn't like undo my, the scene. Uh, Michael Douglas's nickname should have been just Gaslighter. Like that should have been his superpower because like Sergeant when she, Gaslight. <laughs> when, she, when, she came, when she came in to his apartment and he just starts yelling at her and then telling her that like he was she was good for like ten or twelve uh, screws and then yeah, like and then she like quote unquote like tries to attack him. Then she immediately apologizes to him. And, like, there's so much of that dynamic that how toxic it is that wouldn't fly mm-hmm. nowadays. But, like, in that moment, yeah. like, again, you just go back to the fact that Michael Douglas is an asshole. I don't know how you watch that moment and you right. say Janine Triplehorn fucking had that coming with the – No. You know, like, like, again, <laughs> again, only if you think at the end of the movie she's a mass murderer. But that yeah, still doesn't yeah. excuse his fucking bad choice but, when he doesn't know that. But, no. that's, but that's why I like <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, though, was because each time that he keeps going back to – uh, uh, Sharon Stone, I I dig it because I'm like, if he fucking gets killed by her, great because I don't right. care about his like his end game at it all. It is kind like, of a I, sexual I, I, Twilight I, Zone, yeah, yeah, where it's this inevitable conclusion for him. Correct, but it is because the the captain even says right is that he's screwing her just to fucking beat IA. Yeah, and George Zunda's like, no, he has a heart, and it's like, really? Yeah. Fucking when was that? Say <laughs> about that, and then he gets killed in the elevator. Yeah, <clears throat> George Zunda. No, Nick is a total thrill junkie, and Beth just doesn't do it for. She's not the fuck of the century. No, right. Well, there's no, there's no danger in fucking your therapist. Right, right. He might get fucking murdered every time he's in bed with Sharon Stone. But honestly, I think that's how, which, you guys would though, right? 
Like in this situation, well, my girlfriend like told me she was going to listen to this episode. So yes, of course. No, so, not now. As a married man, I'm saying, as a fucking lonely single detective, I would definitely risk being. I I, I I do have to say this though: that the majority. I mean, we're about 47 minutes into this podcast. <laughs> we really haven't dedicated a ton of time into Sharon Stone. We have talked a lot about Michael Douglas's character, and I'm not trying to say that that's problematic. I'm just right. trying to say that that. If you talked about the apexes of apexes, if you talked about the best roles for people over the last 30 years that defined who they were, like Sharon Stone's role in Basic Instinct is like a top fiver in my opinion. Like It's just there's, total there, there, power, yeah. yeah. Like, there's, there's never been someone in the position with uh, uh, more power in that moment, with, 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 with more drive, with uh, I and coming out of nowhere. This wasn't a slow build. Like, like she had... What total recall before this? Like what there, there right. weren't a ton that of was it. Yeah. 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 And so I I I think that when she was in this movie, the thing that was so impressive about her was that like every single person in Hollywood probably would have had a stigma over them to go and say, I've seen them in this, I've seen them in that and I love the fact that like she didn't have this stigma where it's like she comes in just being a beautiful woman, but she's got this calm villainous part to her. Yeah. That I absolutely. Well, I loved. think I think this the stigma attached to her after this movie because almost she was ho- so hurt. amazing in it. Yeah, yeah, it almost hurt. Yeah, because you can't put her in a wrong. Yeah, she's always the spider or, woman. I mean, she yeah. took Michael Douglas, who at the That's time was point. like the established guy, yeah. and just fucking eats him alive in every scene. Like, just totally fucking switches the tables on him and takes him in every scene. When she closes the stall door on him in the club. Oh, oh yeah. Great. Dude, she she just eats him up. That scene when she's like, and your wife killed herself. Yeah. And she's like reaching up at him. He's like, God fucking. You know, he's like, no. He's like, I want to fuck you, but not when you're winning. And it's such, <laughs> a, it's such a nuanced performance, too, because she could play that beat the whole time. But then after Roxy dies, she has, she softens up. There's an empathetic part. Yeah, and... and uh, my reading of it, of course, is that is that is all conscious on mm. that character's part. Yeah, she's yeah. she's purposefully um, convincing Nick that you know she is uh, a woman that can be reformed or that can be right that well, that, that can that can be wife material. You know, yeah, right, she right. she has a soft spot, and um, and then of, of course we'll talk about the ending. Yeah, but. yeah we will. well, that's the thing, right? She always has to let him feel because he's this ultra male ego character, right? She has to allow him to feel like there's something he can fix, yes, or that he can save her to pull him deeper into the trap. Well, because otherwise, and, and, he's and not it works, and it, yeah, it exactly. works absolutely. But I'm telling you, I think every man who watches this movie for a fleeting second, you're like, if I was in his shoes and I thought this lady was a murderer, I would still fucking risk it. Like that is her absolute power of this film, and I don't know that I've ever seen any character in any other movie where you're like. Yeah, dude, I would totally... This is like saying I would fuck Leatherface after I see him put that chick on the meat hook. And you're like, I still might. You know? <laughs> I mean, I still might. That's exactly what's happening in this movie. And I think everyone watching it is probably like, yeah, I would. I would fucking take my chances. <laughs> well, 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 because like, I also feel like she, she, does, she does this thing where she definitely empowers him enough to want to feel like... It's not just about her physical attractiveness and, and being the best sex he's ever had. It's also that she does this thing to be able to keep building him. Well, she even tells him after he said, I thought it was the fuck of the century. Mm-hmm. And she says, do you think it was really all that special? Mm-hmm. She and, wants him to keep. 
She fucking well, builds what, him up what, what, and then nags him down. Right, but <laughs> but she flat out tells him, and I, I think this is a, t- a God, total honest reading moment. on her part, is, no, you were just into the danger of it. Mm-hmm. You, the threat. You you right. felt the fear. That's what made it so great. Yes. Well, you could even look at it as she had Roxy there so that he could have that moment where he's like fucking face to face with Roxy and he's like, this is mine now. Right? Yeah. Letting him have that extra fucking thing. So there is this, again, let's let's talk about the ending a little bit. Because the ending throws all this into chaos, essentially. Right? Because we're watching this movie as she is this fucking mastermind, right? She's the Moriarty of the movie. By the end, you don't fucking know, right? Because essentially the story sets up that her and the therapist were in some classes together. Psychology classes at Berkeley, right? Yeah. They both knew the professor that died. There is that weird scene where her parents died and she gives him her first book where the kid fucking blows up the airplane just to see if he could. Right. But other than that moment, right, the therapist could conceivably have done all of the things she's accused of. And so we're running this fucking double gamut. Yeah. And it throws the ending into chaos, right? Where George Zunda gets killed. Michael Douglas runs in and sees the therapist. And she's like, what are you doing here? And he fucking blows her away. And she doesn't have a weapon on her. Shooter, shooter fucking blows her away, right? I don't know what to believe at the end of the movie. Myself. Really? I still believe that Sharon Stone did all of it. But I think this is the thing. The movie does this. A lot of movies try this shit at the end and it feels cheap. I think they left a really good plausible deniability at the end. They did. And you could read. There is some confusion. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen Basic Instinct a lot. Right. <laughs> so right. I, I, I've been able to get to the, my own theory on what the ending is after multiple viewings. But, yeah, I, the first few times you are confused. Wh- where did that really end up? I, I Was it Beth? You're led to believe that it was her because they find the, the shitty evidence, the, the books that were probably planted. The revolver in her was in her apartment. Yeah, right. But And we forgot to mention that those two not only were in class together, but had a sexual dalliance. Right. But. Beth explains it as, mm. you know, she, they both say the same thing about the other. Right. She was obsessed. She changed her hair to be like me. You know, she went overboard. Right. Um, you don't know which one to believe. The police find the wig, the murder weapon, the ice pick, and the stairwell. Um, she was. She shared office space where Boz was. Sure. She could have known him. And she was at the scene. But is there anything in the entire movie that hints that Beth could be that diabolical to violently stab this guy uh, in the elevator. Rape her. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, but but to have killed uh, George Zundra in the elevator, violently stabbed him with an ice pick, blood everywhere. She goes back into her office. Well, first of all, she dumps the evidence in the stairwell. She has the poncho, so she's not soaked in blood when we see her. Right, right. But there would st- there was so much blood. There would you would think there would be some it. forensics. It's like she had not a drop of blood not on her. Drop. This is impossible. <laughs> is a good enough actress to totally be completely, um, you know, un- unaware of what mm-hmm. has ha- just transpired, and you know, foolish enough when a guy's putting pulling a gun on her, um, that it, had she you know been conscious of the fact that she just killed someone and she was a real murder suspect. She's going to put her hand in her pocket to pull out what, an, uh, what right. could be another gun. And that, that gets her killed. I mean, right. she, so she's so diabolical to do all these things, but foolish enough to, to get her set up, to be 
killed by Nick so obviously in, in the end. Right. The, the, it, it's it's obviously Tremel the whole time. It, it does stretch disbelief. To Kevin's point, there is an inordinate amount of gaslighting going on, right? She knows this guy's the shooter. She knows Tremel is fucking this guy that she maybe knew. They had a thing, so maybe she wants some revenge, right? So she does the... Because they say that at the start, right? The the profilers, like, you're dealing with a diabolical mind, right? Whether it's the person who did it or the person who right. is replicating the book. So even in that first scene, they're telling us it could be either. Which, a great Stephen Toblowski. Great. <laughs> See, Fucking I mean, awesome. He's and so she, just dialed and, in on that. And she's sitting right next to him, which I really love, too. Because having seen this movie two or three times... The fact that Beth is right next to him, right? Like, I and love, helping guide the fucking. I love her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and her reaction. Yeah, she's like, "This like, isn't my area of expertise." Here from this fucking guy, right? right. To set him up, because she sets the stakes that you know, she's gonna tell you this. She's yeah, gonna do yeah. this, or, or we think. Like, I still go. But see, back. that's the thing. Like, it's, I, it's brilliant because they do a lot of groundwork, so it yeah, doesn't feel do. cheap at the end. Right. I, I I absolutely love though the fact that like when we're at the very end of the movie, like. The, <laughs> This is, this is such a fucking 90s way to go and wrap stuff up. But, like, the cop is in there, and they see the pictures, and in the drawer, along with, uh, I think, the... Uh, the what, books? The, the books were in there. And then he goes, well, that's that. That's that. <laughs> that's that. Well, that's what... Never underestimate the no, need for police to have a bow on something. No DNA. No nothing. He's just like, well, that's that. That all makes sense. Like, nothing's ever been planted, ever. And Nick is totally movie. off the hook again. It's amazing. And we can Kath have our buddy come and back. And, of course, Catherine Trammell is the killer because she knows this. She's gotten right. away with it so many times. That's that has been what has gotten her off the hook on all of these situations. Right. And they never mention what happened with the boxer. So there's a couple other things that we don't really learn about yeah i wish but i, I think more that about last the boxer. scene is the such boxer a fucking great. well because they say he died in the ring it sounds yeah like. i know unless and, she grew an afro from a guy and a from an afro yeah thank you yeah exactly right. but don't you think that she had that it's, book the yes. shooter book written before she before whoever killed john we never Boswell. we never see what's in the book so we don't really know the book is done before she gets killed because she's like that's it nick it's done goodbye like i used you for the book but, but what's like the, she was purposely printing out that yeah, part and, well, of the book when he was coming up where it was like and his partner died like what's the I don't know what the time frame of this what's movie the time is frame? but writing a book exactly that's a long fucking he, endeavor he comes to interrogate her <laughs> about killing Johnny Boz yeah. and she's written a whole book in that time frame after she's met him and oh I, I, I suddenly has those clippings all of this stuff this whole time no this was this was all premeditated on her part from the beginning because she read about his incident with the, the tourists made the connection that she had with Beth beforehand mm. and planned this whole thing because it yeah. was a thrill for her. I don't hate that. It's going to be hard for her in today's era. Now that there's 8,000 true crime shows, <laughs> yeah. Catherine's day God. is coming. If, when the if sixth only... true crime documentary, we're like, and this writer was fucking this guy and <laughs> writing books. About well, it. if only she had a true crime podcast this whole time. Oh my God. All now, these, that's the remake. All right? these we lives could have been spared. Anymore. That's lame. We do podcasts now. <laughs> She's like fucking him with microphones all over the room. <laughs> uh, the, but, the, there was, there was definitely the, uh, so I, that we were talking about the ending, so I don't mean to go and jump too far ahead, but were you about to mention though, that when, when we cut, at the end and we think it's faded out and we don't know it like we oh we thought you got us with that like reach over and yeah. not, no she she didn't have the ice pick 
and then it pans down to the ice pick at the very end. Yeah. That we believe that because he said, I don't want to have kids, that she changed her mind based on grabbing that ice pick. That, like, because this, he was the scene asked a couple ice. questions, right? Because that's clearly not his $1.69 ice pick from Kmart, right? right? It's a nice metal one, right? It looks different. The question I have at the end is if she doesn't get him, yeah. she's fucking trapped now. She can't, he no. can't now show up dead by ice pick. He's fucking safe for now. Which is so, why which is why she did not stab him with the ice pick. He's going to get but why his. did she fucking bring it? Yeah, why is it there? Why did she bring it if she's not cuz he's saying like now we can settle down and fuck like minks and raise kids, right? Uh, like and like, you see them both hate that idea. That was George Zunda's line. Correct. Right? Neither it, of it, them it, want that, right? Think, so you see yeah. it's almost like the end of the graduate where they get on the bus and they're like, "Oh fuck, what do we do now?" Yeah. Right? Like the right. romantic quest is done and now we got to fucking sure. like build afterwards. I do think the ending with the ice pick is not my favorite choice. Because he literally, this is what me and you have talked about this with Gone Girl, right? Because everyone at the end of Gone Girl is like, Affleck's fucking trapped. He has to be a good husband. And I was like, absolutely not. He can be the world's shittiest husband. She can't fucking disappear again. He's off. Like, no one's ever going to fucking accuse him again. Yeah, but so she's but, the one who's trapped. But, and so is Catherine at the end of this movie. Yeah, but we know that, that Amy Dunn and Catherine Trammell are two of the most it's it's not a plausible character but the most diabolical femme fatales that right. you could possibly Gone imagine Gone Girls is a little more realistic so whether it's ice pick or not she's going to find a way out of it you well, just know this is the thing because she told him it's over goodbye right right that makes sense the coming back for one more fuck is such a weird choice if she really did mastermind all this and got out right and she just killed this woman who she had beef with long ago right I think going back to that room in Ice Pick is just trying to re-muddy the waters in a way that I don't fully understand. Well, it's for the audience, of course. Well, sure, because then it lets us believe that Catherine still did all this. It, it would, it would all have the been, evidence seems to say she did. It would have been weird if they had anything other than an Ice Pick. If they had a machete or a well, gun no, but, or whatever. But I'm it's saying like it, it, we're supposed it. to believe that Michael Douglas is going to continue to be in danger, yeah. and he's just not. Oh, I just She can never fucking kill him. She can never fucking kill him or else she is the very first suspect with a bullet as soon as that happens. It seems like she's gotten off the hook enough times up until this point. I understand, but they pegged it on the woman who looked like her, who was her roommate. The moment he ends up ice-picked, she's fucking done for. I don't know. She could never get away with this again. She'll have to write an entire new book. But but they, they spent an entire movie building up how she's been able to get away with stuff. Right. And they and they give us very plausible reasons why she. She's never not. even been charged. Yeah. She's never even been on I, hard copy. I agree. She's never the even moment gone to trial. she fucking kills him, she for sure is. I again, again. I, I even as shitty as the cops are in this movie, that's what, a pretty what, easy fucking trail. Why to follow. is it that we spent two hours with her? No, not one time was anyone on to her. She's owned every single guy in every single room in every single scenario that she's ever been in. They're still and we're trying to act like because he's like drop it. She passed the lie detector, and he still commissions his detectives. No, no, no. I I, I think she knows enough to understand that if she was to ice pick him, she probably already knows the main cop that's going to be involved, the department he's was not. Hold on, we're not talking about some kind of clean saints here that this isn't jimmy stewart i understand this, you know and she fucking strangled him like hey i like to fucking watch men jerk off with nooses around their neck and killed him sure the right. moment it's a fucking ice pick she's fucking which is she doesn't use it 
I agree. And so the only thing I'm left with is that maybe it really was the fuck of the century. And she's going mm. back for one more while she's brainstorming her next book. <laughs> she's like, I've got a long outlining process and I'm going to be really bored. Way, I need Michael, someone who likes Coke and Michael, sex. Michael Douglas is a dirty motherfucker because all you have to do is just clean underneath your bed and you'd be like, why is an ice pick? <laughs> oh, dude, like, if he, he saw he the just... ice pick, he'd be rock hard and jump back in bed. That's true. He uh, wants that ice pick because you see in that moment when he kind of rolls away from her, he's like, oh, great. We're just going to have normal sex now. Right. I don't know. Right, about right? You guys, I don't know. about When you she guys. reaches over. Right. And we think she's got the ice pick. Yeah. That's when he whips her shoulder over and he's immediately like missionary. Right. Because he's so fucking turned on for half a second. As soon as that's gone, he's like, Ugh. I don't know about your guys's uh, current headboards. <laughs> But can we just, like, mine have never been so ornate that you could fucking tie things to each side of the headboard. To I've never I, had a tie I'm bed. immobilized. Like, unfortunately, at this point, like, you're you're going to have to deal with flailing hands. Like, if that, <laughs> if that ice pick comes There's going to be no Kevin's I'm game. I'm blocked. That ice pick's going through the left hand at that point, And then you're, you got to deal with really crazy Kevin. Like, I just. I think th- if someone th- fucked this- me like that and they wanted to kill me, I don't know if I have the fight left in me. <laughs> I might be like, it's all right. It's this or I'm going to die of diabetes, dude. I might as well get caught. I felt like serial killers were way more prominent based on ice picks because the shitty uh, headboards and bed framing that they had in the 80s had uh, way too much of a fucking crazy design. They needed a flat, yeah. really nice classic headboard. That way you're not tying hands People to People like to be point. fucking bound up, though, dude. Sure. Well, they, they even talk about, have you, yeah, the question that Wayne Knight asks in the interrogation. Have you ever engaged in, was it S&M uh, or yeah. masochistic? Ma- masochistic. Yeah. Yeah. BDSM, right? BDSM, yeah. I used to I used to go to this goth bar in L.A., and you could go upstairs by the regular Nintendo, right? You could play like Mario, and they had these fucking handcuffs on the roof, and you could get handcuffed, and this fucking gigantic red-haired lady would fucking spank you for 10 minutes. I used to do that every Monday for, like, months. <laughs> So it's not inconceivable that I would be killed in this way. <laughs> just all the goths are just fucking drinking my blood as this giant ginger kills me. Well, what she about the, the biggest uh, fucking hands, dude? It was amazing. What about the, the nightclub they go to? Is that, I mean, everybody's doing coke. They're, yeah. they're doing lines in the that bathroom. Nightclub. They're having threesomes in the stall. I remember when I first got to LA and I was just like, Jesus Christ, there's a lot of drugs here. And this was back in the early Twitter. I just remember some tweet that said, nothing can prepare you for how much cocaine adults do. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, that's true. It's like, I don't know, man. You get all coked up. You're just like, fucking tie me up, whatever. Yeah. I think it's totally conceivable. Uh, I, I just think that Ikea furniture nowadays doesn't like <laughs> just you. Make, you know, you're just fucking breaking this. It's all made of balsa bag. wood. And you can go and fucking break. First stab wound, you're, you're out. You're going to have to kill me on an antique like Amish headboard. And that's I'm going to fucking shatter that. That dude, the, the first guy that she killed, that house first off had the worst fucking furniture I've ever seen in my life. It was like pure. That was import. former rock star furniture. Oh my for god! Sure. <laughs> it was so dumb. Like, and, and clearly he was not an athlete. So he would have no. known hip escape, right? Plant your feet and fucking throw her. I, look, <laughs> the 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 furiosity in which she does the the stabbing. Wasn't I mean, there like thirty some stab wounds? Oh man, it, 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 is, bru- it is brutal. The cardio that would take. My I god. mean, it's shower scene level. Yeah, which. Uh, of course is a, a Hitchcock nod right in the beginning. That first scene is Hitchcock's wet dream. Yeah. And she let him bust. So good and bad combined together. That is basic instinct. <laughs> so, so, so much. So, Had she so killed him fluids. before he busted? So many that's the truest evil. Ever. <laughs> Me and Heath just saw another movie where we had this yeah, debate. Yeah. Did they let yeah. him finish before they killed him? <laughs> I think that's the real key. That's how you know she had a soft spart and empathy. 
even more than the Roxy scene was that she let him finish. But yeah, I don't, even with the ending that I think is, it because you're right, it does feel like one of those lifetime moments where like the audience leaves the theater like, oh, she did it, she got away with it. I, I don't like know. It. I think I, the journey is so good that even with that last little moment, which does feel cheap, not the reveal, but the little ice pick thing. Yeah. It's uh, just it, such uh, a uh, fucking uh, fun movie. Uh, it's honestly, fun. The, the argument the, the argument to be had at that point is why the ice pick. Other than that, like like throw any other yeah. uh, you know. As he said, that's for the for audience that. to have a gasp on their way out. You're going to the car still riding high. Exactly. I think it, I think it's confusing and doesn't make sense. But, but. again, this is a f- very frivolous movie. If, yes. if you look at it <laughs> from from the script, uh, right. there's, the, there, there's if, if you want to psychoanalyze Nick's character a little bit, I guess you could. You're not going to do it with Tremel because no one is is that much of a super evil genius. Yeah. Um. But I, 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 there are some interesting things about Beth and about um, Nick in the movie, where of course he he's a, a addicted to whatever mm-hmm. you know uh, he can't he, he can't ever quench that thirst right and she's sort of the same way right beth is because you know she keeps asking for more there's there is that scene that i picked up on where uh she saves his ass and he comes out to the parking lot and says yeah. thanks and and she just kind of smiles well you know well yeah and and then when she he kind of walks away like she's well, not interested well when he walked when he when he walks away her smile drops Right, and she's just the lamb to the slaughter w- with her relationships with both both of these shitbag people. I mean, she can't help herself either because there she's drawn a, to the flame. Yeah, you're drawn to the broken people, exactly. Right, they'll right. fucking slam you up. But that part is fine. That was like a classic Michael Douglas sex scene. Is like whatever furniture is around, we're having at it, and then <laughs> yeah, it yeah, turns yeah. dark. Right, but you know, there's but, but there's there's not. This this movie is not very skin deep. It's very surface. If you're looking from yeah. at it from a script point of view, I think what Verhoeven does is add all of this texture to it. Yeah, well, and it has this like almost golden age Hollywood feel to yeah. it. Yeah, right. Like it feels like those movies of the past where it's a little grandiose, it's a little operatic at times, but that's kind of the fun. Well, he dresses. Uh, it's the lingerie, right? Well, you don't want to just have sex in an alley, but yeah. if they're wearing lingerie, then it's classy. But he, but he he he, he, does, he dresses uh, Sharon Stone like Kim Novak in Vertigo. Vertigo is just all over this movie, from the San Francisco setting to the first time that we see um, Catherine Trammell out on the patio, and it's exactly she has her hair pinned up. It's the possible double blondes, yeah. The double blondes, yeah. It's it's just like. Jimmy Stewart creeping up on Kim, Kim Novak, looking at that painting in that art museum and, and Vertigo. There's a little bit of Marnie in it, um, and uh, especially with like the undressing scene, him mm-hmm. watching her undress. And yeah, I mean, it, it's a total homage to. I'd say the only difference is that Tremel is such a femme fatale, which kind of nods to to other film noir movies. I, Hitchcock never really made a true film noir, um, but he he was the master of suspense and, and was right. always kind of playing with these female characters. Could they be trusted? Um, he he ultimately made his his male characters more of the aggressors, more of the um, the, the the character that needed to dominate the other. And, right. and Douglas is trying to be that, but he he he's can't just outmatched. Yeah. He's outmatched, which which makes which makes which modernizes this mm. um, as a, a Hitchcock film. Yeah, it's close. I'd say the the thing that is missing is 
in the script where where it it doesn't have quite as much going on in terms of uh psychology and mm-hmm. um expo- yeah. exploring the this dark is the characters where this is the movie where the characters talk about psychological stuff that's not actually in yeah. subtext at all but visually stylistically yeah. he's doing everything that hitchcock could only have dreamed to do and right. does it amazingly i mean yeah. verhoven is uh, a hugely underrated stylist i mean this would be an interesting movie to watch. I, 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 who can you guys think of that that matches up stylistically? I mean, Fincher's there. I, I think he did a lot of the same stuff in Gone Girl that is is done here. Who made um, this kind of movie? Uh, the, made, but but I, made it I, in this I, way. I mean, I, I could see no. Ridley or Tony Scott doing a movie like this. Um, I I could see. De Palma, maybe De Palma is the closest. Yeah, pa- this is very De Palma. But weirdly, the movie that I've seen in the past couple of years that has kind of the same vibe of this, it's not as HBO late night. Was that movie Thoroughbreds? Oh, right. Where it's just like a highly stylized little kind of murder mystery movie. But but almost at that point though, uh, there's there's a campiness, and I hate Absolutely. to say that about Verhoeven, but like don't don't I self aware very self aware he's I, always self aware I hope yeah. we're at the age of film people where campy is not an insult no not campy at all. when done right is amazing yeah because it's letting you know this isn't like a movie you have to sit and wrestle with this is just like fucking sit back and enjoy the ride uh, it, 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 I you guys are gonna make fun of me for saying this because he's <laughs> a fantastic director but like Tarantino is very self aware and so he's got a very campiness when he wants to be campy so I get the oh, sense right. that he could go yeah. and make it. Yeah, Basically, but I, but nobody can do it. I don't think anybody like else Robert could have Rodriguez? made. I don't think anybody else could have made this movie like Verhoeven did. It would have been too much winking. Yeah, or it would have been not enough. You know, yeah. like if Ridley Scott would have made it, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have had that de- deliciousness to it. Yeah, that extra sugar coating, right? Like that. That's the thing. He's so underappreciated because even something like RoboCop or Starship Troopers. There is so much extra going on besides just the fucking blood and guts of the movie, right? Oh, absolutely. With the fake commercials or the propaganda. So I think he's always had this really nice extra touch. And this one is just, this was the one that was more mainstream, right? Yeah. For people who don't want to watch RoboCop or Starship Troopers, bless their souls. Um, This is a, a movie that I don't think any of us relate to the kind of situation the character's in, but the fucking temptation of having that one decision, right? Where, like, I'm willing to risk it all and burn my life down. Everyone can relate to that. Well, yeah. uh, well and I also think, though, that in terms of when this was shot, we live in two... We, we live in a completely different world, so you could watch this and be completely turned off based on the toxic masculinity or how they per- perceive LGBTQ. Like, there's, there's a lot of things that you have to yeah. be able to live in when it was actually filmed yeah. and be able to say, you know, that, like take that all out and understand it as a film in its time. Yeah. And, and this was a huge date movie. Yeah. Huge. Which huge. is very strange, but it also is, it is a very sexy film. Yeah. So it does make sense. But oh, is it, it sexy for women? No, I think it is. No fucking you, way. You don't think not the one Michael scene. Douglas. You butt. don't think <laughs> Michael Douglas was a hot enough guy. Okay. I'm me and Amy sure. have been arguing about this all day. He is a true blue sex symbol. Like, he really oh, was of his era. You don't get, get cast in these movies all the time if you're not a sex symbol. 
He's a handsome, very tiny man. <laughs> I just I'm that would try- be the one thing. If you if you have to have a tall man, Michael Douglas is out. But he's a tall, good looking, smart guy. I'm not trying to say that not he's tall. Not- Did I say tall? He's short, very short. I'm not trying to say that he's not. I'm just trying to say he's a Diet Coke version of what you want. Because like, fuck, dude. Look, average look, women who are going to this movie are coming home to a guy who's wearing the fucking double XL baggy cool, cool. shirts. That's fine. The I'm, fucking I, cargo pants I'm and flip flops. You think they want to fucking roll around with Michael Douglas for an hour? I'm not. I'm not arguing the fact that that's the case. I, I agree with you. I'm just every, trying to say. Every one of our moms who's listening to this had a fucking thought about Michael Douglas for sure in the 90s. God damn it. No. My mom, no. <laughs> she held Harrison Ford up above Richard Gere, Denzel Washington. Those See, were. I think Richard Gere is the Diet Coke Michael Douglas. I agree. No, I, I'm not arguing the fact. Listen, Michael Douglas. Richard Gere the, thinks he's like the Dalai Lama or some no, shit. No, no, no. That's we're, not a good sex we're, partner. We're, we're talking about the. We're talking about the <laughs> film career. We're not talking about the actual okay, physical attractiveness. Because <laughs> it's not like I'm arguing that with you. I'd rather yeah. see *Romancing the Stone* than half of the Richard Gere's movies. <laughs> but I'm trying to mention that Michael Douglas is a sex symbol. It's not that I don't. Uh, it, it, that it didn't exist. I'm just trying to say I think it's kind of ridiculous that it did exist because Michael Douglas is just kind of... <laughs> he, every movie, he was more or less an asshole. Um, right. And, and there were but a lot of... But who else is taking qualities. those parts is the thing, too. I mean, I'm sure... He was probably the first call for every movie that had an oversexed dirtbag. I don't know if he was the first call, but he was the guy that answered the phone. He had to be, had to be exactly. the first call. Yeah. You're not calling Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise for this movie. You're Why not? calling Michael Douglas. No, they're this calling the they're calling anybody that can get asses in the seat. Was Douglas the first choice for his role? I mean, he had to be. Doug, Douglas was not a huge box office draw. If you look, he had a string At this of point, hits. He though. had draw. He had he draw had power. hit after hit after hit. Because this was after was wasn't this after Romancing the Stone? It was. I think so. Yeah, that yeah. was a big so hit. Fatal Attraction was a huge hit. Because Romancing the Stone was basically his version of Harrison Ford. Sure, I'm not. It, I'm it, not it, saying it, that he. He wasn't a star. He was a star, but yeah. he wasn't a star on the level that Mel Gibson was a star. No, right? You know, I, I agree. With those that. those guys are getting the call. But way Mel Gibson him. couldn't do this movie. I don't think. Why not? I don't think Mel Gibson would be any good in this kind of role. He was too fucking eccentric. In I my think opinion. he would have been fine in it. But no way. But I'm glad it. I'm glad it was Douglas. Mel Gibson would have been running around knocking out Roxy and fucking going crazy the whole time. All right, all right. Let me throw out a name to you. You tell me whether or not this person would actually fill in this role well. All right, Michael Keaton. Yes, no. Michael Keaton could have done this movie for sure. No, Michael Keaton not as attractive <laughs> as Michael Douglas, but he has that. Right, right, he right. has that dirtbag energy that, that would have been great. In so we've got one. We've got one. Yes, one. No. Uh, no, uh, Keaton is too earnest. Although he was great in Pacific Heights as a villain. Yeah. Dude, Michael Keaton can play but he, scumbag. But yeah, yeah, sure. But I, back to your point, Griffey, I, I think he lacks the, the sexual energy. Right. I mean, you know it, the weird one that I think could have done have this you movie really well? Beetlejuice? <laughs> oh, dude, Hong Kong. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> the energy's flowing. I just say it. You know who would have been a really awesome one at this time that I think would have crushed it is Denzel. Yeah, but I think Denzel could play that fucking dirty cop energy just oh, enough. Oh, definitely. Well, I'm he did. Super, training day. Ex- exactly right. And I, he's super fucking it. sexually dynamite. I don't. I don't think the early '90s were ready for that. Well, also, I, mean? I don't think Denzel was like I want to be. Denzel wasn't fucking rolling around right. butt naked in the movies all the time. And he was too young. He yeah, was too young. I, I love that pick though. That would have been an awesome one. All right, all right, let me throw out another one. William Hurt. 
Well, he did it. And William Body Hurt Heat. did a bunch of these. He did Body Heat. So, not a bunch, but yeah, he was already like altered states. He's the same thing. He's like yeah. a dick slinging scientist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hurt, Hurt could have done it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe an early Liam Neeson? Nah, he's too tall. Yeah. Too tall. Okay. And he doesn't like, have he doesn't have any. He's like charm. six foot six. He has yeah, no he charm. has he has a vacuum of charm, I think. Which a he seems like a good guy in real life, but his characters are very fucking like stoic, tough guys. I'll give you one more. Okay. Alec Baldwin. Baldwin would have been good. Early Alec Baldwin. Yeah. I mean I think Michael Douglas is better than him though. For this movie. I, I agree. I, I I'm glad it was Michael Douglas. I'm just saying yeah. I don't I don't know I, that he's Alec the Baldwin's obvious a choice. fucking good choice. I bet he was on the list of calls. I sound I sound like I don't want Michael Douglas in this role. I want him in this role. I love Michael Douglas <laughs> as an actor. Old ass Gene Hackman. <laughs> oh god. Which by the way, Gene Hackman in anything is my favorite. I I miss that guy so much. Top ten favorite actor ever for sure. Uh, but, but I I think Michael Douglas are just perfectly placed. Is the really slick, put together rich guy yep. who was in sexy movies. And, and, he was and, kind of perfectly of that time. And by the way, there was. was no other female actress at that time. I feel like could have done this role no. well because you either had well, a they offered it stigma. to Michelle Pfeiffer. She turned it down. She's Which, great. That would have been uh, interesting I, to see. So, so I listened to another podcast. I was talking about basically. You things. listen to other podcasts. You take fucking it easy. Judas take, take it easy. <laughs> they, they exist. And one of the people that were on there was like, they had said Michelle Pfeiffer, and he was like, uh, I would still be in the hospital if it was Michelle Pfeiffer. And I totally fucking agree with that. <laughs> I would not have recovered. Like Catwoman is peak sexiness. Yeah. Uh, but, I, don't, but, I just I think uh, Kim Sharon, Basinger was the first. Basinger would have been Basinger really, was really solid, but she was she's good. not she's not as good of an actress. As she was in nine and a half weeks. It was fine. Like it was good. It's not the same. She I, would have had to really turn it on. I think Sharon Stone in this movie has become so monolithic. It's almost in sacrilege to consider someone else doing it. You could debate Michael Douglas. Like I think he was a, a bedrock of this kind of movie. But like Sharon Stone, Glenn Close, and those movies, you couldn't replace them. They're so perfect in that role. They Agreed. threw they threw it out to uh, Barkin, right? Ellen Barkin. Ellen Barkin. Yeah. Hey, they, she would have been good. They threw it out to Demi Moore. They threw it out to. Nope. Uh, they threw it out to all the. So Michael Douglas had a big issue with this because he wanted another A lister to be able to balance the title. <laughs> the because fucking he was, audacity. <laughs> no, no joke, because he knew how graphic he was it was. He wa- Yeah, he wanted to be able to go and say. Me and this other person were willing to go and take this risk, and then they put, pull in Sharon, who wasn't that big of a star at that point. So it was like they were really shooting for the. And Julia Roberts immediately turned it down when they were trying to offer her this position. Well, yeah. nobody wanted to do full frontal. I mean, well, right. Meg Ryan made the choice too late and in the cut. Oh right, this would have been a great Meg, Meg Ryan vehicle Ryan, to get out the, there. Meg Ryan would have been so fucking terrible in this movie. I would have I, never in a million years. Like, I think it, she is an exceptionally underappreciated actress. I think she has job, a range, but not in this moment for this movie. That yeah. timing is yeah. Sharon I mean, Stone is just it does not perfect. Work. So yeah. if you're talking about who else could have done it, it's like could someone have done more than she did? I don't think so. I think she, she was, was a great perfect. ice queen. She who, was just perfect. Yeah. She was per. You could replace Michael Douglas probably. It, you it, could not do better than Sharon Stone. In this. And you, you could not replace George Dezinda. <laughs> Chris Farley. No. <laughs> He's like, oh, God, I'm a cowboy. <laughs> fucking banging around. Loving the fans. Yeah, I love Zunda too, but you could probably, I think you could replace anyone. Yeah. All, she all is right. the thing that has to be in this movie. Uh, agreed. If you watch any scene in this movie again, like if you're just watching clips, no. they all have to have her in that. You're not watching Michael Douglas yell at the therapist. You're watching a Sharon Stone scene, for sure. 
I just, I, I, it's really hard to go and replace her. And it's hard to go and think of somebody that would be willing to be that naked uh, all the time. (laughs) But I'm just saying, I wouldn't replace Verhoeven, Michael Douglas, Sharon Stone. I think it was that perfect project that just came together and they just over, overachieved in this movie, I think. They, they it, did. That is the way to put it. It, it is way uh, out kicks its coverage for sure. Absolutely. No, yeah, you're right. This could have gone south real fast. <laughs> and, 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 by, and by the way, I always I, it, this is like the third or fourth time I watched it. And I always felt like it was relatively aggressive that when Michael Douglas saw Beth, that the very first shot that he takes is literally in her chest. Like, can you not just disarm her with like a leg shot or an arm shot? Like at that moment, <laughs> could like, you just run up and beat her up? Yeah. This is why his name's Shooter. That motherfucker aimed exactly where the kill shot was, and yeah. she was dead. And she's like, "I love you." Could and you at least like, have been like, "Put your hands up." Yeah. <laughs> Do anything. Are you trying to tell me that if she yeah. pulls out like a knife, you've still got? That's Catherine's genius, though. She had to fuck Shooter. Oh my god. Right, because George Zunder yeah. would have just done like a headlock. I felt I, you know I, mean? I tell felt, some jokes. I felt bad for Triple Horn, which by the way, love Triple Horn, which she was in more stuff. Like I feel like there was a couple actresses that stole her thunder, right? Triple Horn should have been more in this uh genre, but it didn't happen as much. Yeah. I saw her in Waterworld and all of a sudden I was like Awesome. Fucking I love Waterworld. I know. <laughs> a movie oh. that has got its come well, up. Well what about Costner? Could Costner have been the, no. the Douglas role? I again I think Costner thrives on the like I'm good the good guy. American man, like the ideal yeah. American man kind of thing. I don't think he could have done it. I don't think Richard Gere could have done it. Doesn't have the slime. He slime doesn't have bag. the slime ball. Michael yeah. Douglas was fucking Gordon Gecko, and just forever True. were like that guy is a slime ball. He was everything that my dad, middle class like factory worker American, would despise. Yeah, but then and he knew that all of our wives would have fucked him. So he's like the <laughs> perfect fucking guy for this movie. This led to Gordon Gecko, though, right? No, no. Gordon Gecko is in the eighties. Yeah, oh, wait, 80, 88, right? 87 or eighty-eight. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. So I, I, to your point, yeah, I guess he was. Uh, Again, was, hit, 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 hit. Michael yeah. Douglas was killing it in this time. Yeah, he was the man. It. Yep. But that's it for Basic Instinct. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, thanks again for coming, guys. Uh, you will be hearing more of Kevin and uh, Heath. We miss Cloud. Uh, we'll see you on the next one, Cloud. You can hear him on Patreon on our new Tales from the Crypt miniseries. Tales from the Griff. Again, that's patreon.com slash Pod. Go over there and support the show. Uh, thanks again, guys. Oh, no problem, man. Our See pleasure. you next time. Bye! Bye! <laughs> uh.